Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Wayman Wednesday. That means you're about to hear a message from the founder of our fellowship, Pastor Wayman Mitchell. Even though he entered into his reward and is in the presence of our Lord, we still need to hear his clarion call to faithfulness, holiness, discipleship, and commitment to the cause of Christ. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, if you will. I was ministering in the uh, Tucson Conference, and uh, just before I ministered, I thought of an event that I shared with them. As some years ago, we had uh, workers in the Orient, and uh, they were uh, pioneering a church. And uh, the man's wife was the only one that he could use an interpreter, so he's using her to interpret his sermons. And as he was... Uh, Having a revival, he had a speaker in whose ego was uh, longer than the clock. And so uh, after 45 minutes, this lady uh, became weary of interpreting him. And after 45 minutes, uh, she just began to say to the audience, he had no idea what she was saying. And she just began to say, he just say same thing. He just say same thing. He just say same thing. When after 35 years of you hearing me preach at conference, I'm afraid that you're going to say, he just say same thing. And you probably will be right. There's a saying that is very interesting, and that saying says if uh, the only tool you have is a hammer, then you tend to see the whole world as a nail. Our fellowship tonight can be likened to that little cliche that was spoken negatively, but there is a principle, and that principle is uh, that in our fellowship we have a single focus. That single focus has always been our focus, uh, has always been our purpose, and that purpose uh, is our fellowship uh, has a single focus, and that single focus is the regions beyond. Follow with me as I read 2 Corinthians 10, verse 12. For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. We, however, will not boast beyond measure, but within the limits of the sphere which God appointed us, a sphere which especially includes you. But we're not overextending ourselves as though our authority did not extend to you, for it was to you that we came with the gospel of Christ, not boasting of things beyond our measure, that is, in other men's labors, but having hope that as your faith is increased, we shall be greatly enlarged by you in our sphere to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you. And not to boast in another man's sphere of accomplishment, but he who glories, let him glory in the Lord, for not he who commends himself is approved, but whom the Lord 
commends. I want to preach to you again on regions beyond. I want to touch with you for a moment on Paul's uh, vision. Paul had a single vision, and that vision was for unchurched and unsaved people. And he was speaking a powerful principle because you and I live in the mega church age. Largely, this is men who are swapping people from one fishing pond to another. And they call this church growth because they have produced the best show in town and for a period of time people are coming to their churches. When we send workers out, we send them with a specific instruction and we say to them, we do not want you to build your church on religious people. We want you to outreach. We want you to go into the streets. We want you to witness. We want you to evangelize. We want you to reach out to unsaved and unchurched people. And we want you to build your church out of those kinds of people. And so there's always smart Alex that are smarter than we are. They have to lose the thrust of what they're doing because they invariably will have some religious people will come in. And as they come in, and we're not saying that everybody who comes in that has some kind of religious background that you beat them up and throw them out the door. But you need to understand a principle is here. Paul had a vision, and that vision was for unsaved people. See, some people come in. We've had several of these that come in. They stay for a while. They like what we're doing. They like what we're saying. But as soon as you say no, then you find out that they're not really your people. The Apostle Paul, here in this text that we're going to read tonight, he saw lost mankind, and he saw lost world. And in verse 14, he said, It was to you we came with the gospel of Christ. In the book of Romans 1.14, uh, the Bible speaks very specifically to this event, uh, and the apostle records for our benefit, uh, I'm a debtor both to the Jews uh, and to the Greeks, the barbarians, both to wise uh, and to unwise, uh, and he lays it out uh, that he would go to any links uh, and he would do anything that was required uh, if he could reach lost souls uh, and bring them the gospel uh, of Jesus Christ. In the book of Philippians chapter 2, and verse 17, he says, yes, and I'm being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith. I am glad and rejoice with you all. Or in other words, this man had locked in his heart an understanding that people were lost without hope and without God. He says in this text that we have that God had set him a course. He says that God had set him boundaries within which he could move in the will of God. And he also says that he had a calling and he had an agenda, and that agenda was win men to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Listen to 1 Corinthians 9, verse 9. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win the more. And to the Jews I became as a Jew that I might win the Jews. 
to those who are under the law as under the law that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without law as without law, not being without law toward God, but without law toward, but under law to Christ that I might win those uh, who are without uh, the law. To the weak I became as weak. That I might win the weak, I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be a partaker of it with you. We used to have a man in our fellowship. This man could sing, and he could raise the hair on the back of your neck. He, he had a song that he sang. And that song that he sang was, Hell's hot, and it's getting hotter. Ooh, could he sing that song? I want to tell you. It began to stir. You could hardly listen to this man without thinking of the words that is there. And this is the understanding of the Apostle Paul. He had a narrow focus, and he had a narrow aim. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 14 and 15, he says, For the love of Christ compels us, for we thus judge that if one died for all, then all are died, all died, and he died for all. Listen, that those who should live should no longer live for themselves, but for them who died for him and rose again. He gives us this word. This is a word of constraint or compulsion. It is the figure of a bullet in a gun and a charge behind that, uh, and a narrow uh, focus and a narrow aim, uh, and not just making noise, but propelling a projectile uh, towards a target. Uh, and Paul likens that uh, to the burden uh, that beat within his heart uh, and within his soul. Uh, and he had uh, a feeling that he had a personal responsibility uh, to bring souls to Jesus Christ. He says in this text, I'm not boasting of another man's ministry. I'm not putting on display people that I persuaded to come join with me. He says what I'm talking about are people that have been brought to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, have been soundly converted like many of these testimonies tonight in these various places in various countries. And he's saying that what I am aiming for is bringing precious souls. And he says that... Uh, I, that I, ca I, I, I came to you, it was to you we came uh, with the gospel of Christ. In Romans 15 verse 20, he says, And so I have made it my aim to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, uh, lest I should build on another man's foundation. Uh, and as he says that, uh, he brings to us a focus uh, of how God intends us uh, to pursue the calling uh, that he gives to us. You see, if you build out of new converts rather than religious people, then you don't have to spend all your time explaining to them and trying to convince them that what you do is what God has called us to do rather than listening to them trying to persuade you to do things like the old church where they came out of that they left because it wasn't doing it. Can you say amen this is the focus and the aim of, Jesus, of, 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 of the Apostle Paul. And I want to talk to you for a moment about the necessity uh, of fellowship. I want to bring a cr critical analysis to you in this text that we have. Because you can measure the character of a man 
by how he treats those uh, who can do nothing for him uh, and can do nothing uh, uh, to you. I, I, I knew an evangelist years ago. Uh, this uh, this man was a uh, was a good 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 evangelist, and uh, he told me something one day. He says, uh, uh, "Pastor, say to him, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, I can use you." And he said, "I don't want to be used. If you just use me as uh, if you just view me as somebody you can use, uh, then uh, you, uh, you I, what I want to be viewed uh, is as someone who has a valuable ministry that you will join with me in bringing souls to Jesus Christ, uh, and I want you to value the ministry that I have uh, and that I'm going to impart to you some spiritual gift. Uh, I don't want to be used. Here in this text." Uh, we have a spirit, and that spirit is a fellowship, uh, and that spirit is a unique spirit uh, that is uh, very individual to the fellowship that you and I uh, are a part of. People are not something that are to be used uh, is the principle that we build on uh, in our fellowship. We give free impact teams. I become disturbed uh, when I found out that pastors uh, are having an impact team or a music group and they're billing some uh, young uh, pioneer church. That's not what God called you and I to do. Can you say amen? God called us to a specific ministry, and in the book of uh, Romans 15, verse 1, he says, We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Now that's a spirit upon which our fellowship was built to send out music groups. That doesn't mean if you have a church that can afford that, you shouldn't ever respond and give back. But this means that God has called us specifically to reach down and help the struggling pastor to reach down and help the struggling pioneer worker and to lift them up. That's the spirit upon which our fellowship was built. And Paul coined a phrase specifically in the Bible, and that phrase is fellowship. I want to call your attention to that for a moment because he says you three times and he says you're one time, and what he's saying is, is what God has called me to be involved in uh, includes uh, you. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 14, he says, We are your boast as you also are ours in the day of the Lord Jesus. Didn't your heart leap as these men gave their reports tonight? Here they are scattered in the cities and the nations of the world. All of them are giving a report of exactly the same thing that they have evangelized. They have touched precious souls. And how could we but help our heart leap within us as we say, yes, that's what we're doing. Can you say amen? That's what we are tonight. We are your boast, as you also are ours in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this is a word that he uses, and that word in the vision that he draws is the word fellowship. In the book of Galatians 2, verse 9, And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that had been given to me, they gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship that we should go to the Gentiles uh, and they to uh, the uncircumcised. Paul in the Bible uses the word fellow prisoners. Uh, 
He uses the word fellow citizens. He uses the word fellow soldier. He uses the word fellow helper. He uses the word fellow workers. He uses the word fellow disciples. And he uses the word fellow laborers. He nowhere where conveys the image of users. That we are going to use people for our purpose. He's talking about fellowship. That literally means joint sharers. You see, fellowship in a nutshell, and you've heard this before, and so you say, he just say same thing. That's right. <laughs> 20 years from now, Jesus, Terry, I'll still be saying the same thing. Discipleship, in a nutshell, is a sincere desire to help another person fulfill his destiny or her destiny and give yourself totally to serve their faith to that end. And that's the picture that we see. And Paul viewed this fellowship as a sacred element. He did not view this as simply some kind of methodology that had been stumbled onto. He viewed this as a sacred element that God had dropped him into and he was responsible to respond in that. In 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 13, uh, he, uh, he uh, says these words, We, however, will not boast beyond measure, but within the limits of the sphere which God appointed us, uh, a sphere which which especially uh, includes uh, you. So what we're dealing with then tonight uh, in this text, uh, when we're talking about regions beyond, we're talking about something far beyond uh, a choice uh, that we have made uh, based on our personal preference. Uh, Paul talks about course. Uh, he talks about uh, a calling. Uh, and as he does that, he lays out for you and I uh, a sacred dimension uh, that we must look at. We fellowship uh, this evening in ministry. In the book of Philippians chapter 1, verses 4 and verse 5, the Bible lays before us these words, I thank my God upon every mention of you or remembrance of you, always uh, and in every place uh, a prayer of mine, uh, making request of you for you all with joy for your fellowship in the gospel uh, from the first day uh, unto uh, now. Most men who come into our, uh, uh, into our fellowship do not fully appreciate uh, or do not realize uh, how unique uh, and the dimension that God has given to us uh, in this place uh, and in this congregation. Young men are sitting in this audience who have had the privilege of preaching in the regions beyond. I mean, beyond description, young men, uh, not even reached 40 years old, have preached in the nations of the world uh, because we're a fellowship uh, and we fellowship in ministry. Uh, and as we share together, many of you have no grasp whatever of how unique uh, and how wonderful uh, that is. Uh, I had a call. Uh, I was preaching, getting ready to preach in El Paso, Texas. This voice on the other end identified themselves. This was a son of a pastor who left us 17 years ago. And he said, Pastor Mitchell, can I come to El Paso and hear you preach tonight? tonight? I said, I suppose. 
I said, where do you live? He named a far-off city. And I said, you're going to come all that way to hear me preach? He said, oh, yes. I listen to your tapes all the time. He came, and as did his brother and his wife, they sat through the Thursday night, the Friday morning seminars, uh, the Friday night seminars, caught me as I was living, uh, leaving with Pastor Stevens, uh, wanted to shake my hand and say to me, I just want to thank you for all the things that you taught my father. Now think about that for a moment. I've had three phone calls already this year from people who have left our fellowship many years ago calling me and saying to me, uh, uh, is there any, uh, you know, are you, are you enlisting people? Or are you joining people? I said, we're not enlisting anybody. We're just preaching the gospel and headed down the gospel highway, pedal to the metal. Can you say amen? There's something about fellowship that is very, very, very unique. So you may be sitting here tonight and say, oh, well, so what's the big deal? Where did you learn what you learned? You certainly didn't learn it out of a book. I read a book on discipleship in 1964. That is a classic on discipleship. I read that book not having a clue about what it was all about because it was, I understood it in religious theological terms, not having ever done it, not ever having seen anyone else do it not being in an organization that even thought they would ever do it. And it was not until God poured out his spirit uh, and we began to see the wonderful principle of discipleship. Uh, but many people think uh, and they interpret uh, this as simply a human organization uh, and a human organism. I have a book in my hand. This book is called Go Ye, the Arizona Story. If you have one, hang on to it. It's a collector's item. <laughs> this was the first book written about our fellowship. It was written by a newspaper reporter called, uh, named Steve Cooper. He had a religious background. He came into uh, one of our churches, uh, and what he saw was so absolutely unique to Christianity that he said, someone must put this on paper, and he wrote this. It's a cheap mimeograph edition, uh, uh, but it's a classic uh, because he had never seen fellowship uh, operate, uh, and it so astonished him uh, and was so unique uh, that he wrote this book uh, and left that record uh, for others uh, down the line. Fellowship, Paul underlines, uh, is a unique principle, uh, and that principle is going to be absolutely essential to the regions beyond. Let me talk to you quickly about our responsibility to facilitate this. Now, the Bible and history deals with a principle that I want to touch on for a moment. We live in the Western world. The Western world embraces community. It embraces state. It embraces city. And as those things we just take for granted, these are unique principles. Early U.S. history, they began to come in, and as they began to establish these entities in these municipalities, there are several of our states that today bear the title the Commonwealth of Virginia, the Commonwealth of Kentucky, 
the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, uh, and the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Now, this conveys a specific imagery and a specific understanding, and this idea came into the United States from England, because in England, this understanding was rooted in a biblical principle and understanding of an outflow and an example of something that was very common, and that was a common understanding of commonwealth or a joining together, and we have these in various places. Australia is a commonwealth of England and so on and so forth. I was preaching on Guam some years ago, perhaps four or five years ago, they had what was known as the Commonwealth Games. These were little island nations that had been colonized and had been impacted, and they were a part originally of a Commonwealth idea and a Commonwealth principle, which is, if I can give you a definition, a tacit agreement of people together for the common good. It was because of them joining together they could build roads. They could uh, build uh, uh, electrical plants. They could build uh, facilities and municipalities uh, and share together utilities and the rule of law. And they joined themselves together, the pooling of resources uh, for the accomplishment uh, of the common good that was called a commonwealth principle. Now let's bring this to the Bible for a moment because this brings us a powerful dimension, and this is what the Apostle Paul is talking about in this text. And he's talking about regions beyond you to these Corinthian believers. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, verses 42 and 43, now when it was day, he departed and went into a deserted place, and the crowd sought him and came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, because for this purpose I have been sent. So here's the apostle Paul. And uh, he has this burning passion in his heart, uh, and that burning passion is to reach unsaved people uh, with the gospel of Christ. Uh, and he says, uh, I'm embracing the principle that our Lord Jesus Christ left uh, the regions beyond. That can only be accomplished uh, by the act uh, of facilitators. Uh, Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 15, and 16 in this text. Not boasting of things beyond measure, that is, in other men's labors, but having hope that as your faith is increased, we shall be greatly enlarged by you in our hearts or in our sphere to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you and not to boast in another man's sphere of accomplishment. Paul isn't bashful about, uh, and he makes no bones uh, about the issue that they had joined with him. He had reached him for the, uh, with the gospel, and he makes no bones uh, about the fact uh, and the issue that he could not proceed on to do what God had called them all to do uh, without their financial support. He doesn't even... He doesn't even blush about it. He lays it right straight out there and says, uh, we have a calling. We can't do this uh, unless we share together in the commonwealth uh, and put forward for the common good of the gospel of Christ uh, Jesus. 
Now, partnering is a powerful principle, and uh, partnering is the operative word that we find that we want to lock into our hearts uh, in these concluding moments. 2 Corinthians 8, 3 and 4, For I bear witness according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. There are two ideologies that are at work. One of these is communism, and uh, this is a uh, modified uh, uh, or an extreme part of socialism, I should say. And the principle of communism is from each according to their, uh, uh, their, uh, uh, their uh, ability and to each according to his need. Now, this is a tremendous idea. Can you say amen? If we could just get rid of fallen human nature, that would be a wonderful paradise. But the difficulty, the only place that that will work to any degree is among people who are born again, washed in the blood, and to whom God has joined by spirit to this wonderful principle. And the earliest record of Jesus began to bring this to pass and put it into place and practice it. In the Gospel of Luke chapter 8, verses 2 and 3, and certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom had come seven demons, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna and many others, listen, who provided for Jesus Christ from their substance. See, the issue tonight as we're sitting in this building is regions beyond. This cliche is used, and the cliche says if the only tool that you have is a hammer, the whole world tends to become a nail. Well, I want to add a little gospel blessing to that. If you have properly in your heart and soul the understanding of the biblical principle and you genuinely are a believer in Jesus Christ and you are a part of the commonwealth of the kingdom of God, then your heart must lift to the regions beyond and every activity, every approach you take to ministry and relationship, everything that you do must lock into that principle because the Apostle Paul says, I'll become anything to anybody if I can accomplish that purpose of bringing precious souls to Jesus Christ. This man used to sing that song, listen to it, Hell's Hot! And it's getting hotter. Ooh, the hair would stand up on the back of my neck when he said, because he could sing with anointing. I want to tell you, many of you knew who I'm talking about. Could he ever sing? See, the reasons beyond are precious souls, various colors, various orientations. Uh, but God has called you and I to facilitate uh, that tonight. I want to read you a portion of an email. I shared all of this in Tucson. I want to share this. This is written by Sergei Golubev, who oversees the Russian work and pastors in Vologda, Russia. Out of their last conference, they sent a worker into Vietnam. Listen to this text. People are very open and stop to talk to tall white people from Russia. Russians apparently are very popular still, although the young generation is learning English. Saigon 
is quite modern in the center and filthy on the suburbs. Uh, Audrey says uh, there is no trace of communism, whatever. Capitalism uh, has taken over in the minds of the people. Prices are very cheap, which is what I had hoped for. It makes it affordable for a Russian couple to stay and to function. He goes on. Interesting that before they went into Saigon, they had a contact with a religious Canadian missionary in Hanoi. He spent there a few years and sounded very negative about prospects of starting a church. Nothing of what he said came true so far. Praise God for discipleship and church planting vision that makes possible to touch the world, even for the Russian churches. People come to me and they say they thought we were poor, they were poor until we started launching churches into Mongolia and Ukraine. Now nobody thinks that. God has proven faithful that he will give any finances to whoever reaches the, reaches the world for him. Now tonight, as we put the clincher on the nail that I have driven, there are people in this building. This conference is about regions beyond. I just put together several uh, emails or budget uh, uh, requests and also little words of testimony. One is from John McCarthy, who has pioneered her work. He's on his second two-year term in Durban, South Africa. He says, I've had three Sunday morning services, over 200. We're going to hear from him this week. I had a a email from Chris Olson, who, uh, as in uh, Eden Park, took over the, uh, the work that is there from Jeff and Maureen Day. He said, we had record, record highs uh, in the AM of 175 and the PM of 115. I had an uh, uh, email from Joe Zebo. He said, we're running about 100 solid, solid. We had 50 in our Monday night prayer and fasting for the fellowship. Uh, and he's Wait, the applause comes in a moment. And he said, all I can say is more guys my age uh, need to do this. Now you can applause. <laughs> all these men left churches. Uh, they were self-supporting that you'd be proud of uh, because in their heart, God had placed... Uh, the regions beyond. I want every head bowed. I want every eye closed. As we pause for a moment in this building tonight, there are people here, you are not right with God. You've come into the service. There's been such a wonderful presence of the Holy Spirit. There's been such a gracious fluttering of the Holy Spirit over this place, and there are people here tonight, uh, you're not right with God. I have wonderful news for you. Maybe you saw the sign you're visiting from the surrounding area. Or you've come into this service at the invitation of a friend. You're not born again. You're not saved. I have great good news for you, and that good news is God loves you. Jesus Christ died for your sins, shed his blood on Calvary's tree, was buried, rose from the dead, and you can go out of this building a transformed person. You slip your hand up quickly. Every head's bowed, every eye's closed, and say, Pastor, I want your prayer. I need God tonight. I'm not right. I'm, I even don't, either don't know what you're talking about, don't understand, but I do believe, uh, and I need God. Lift your hand and hold it right where you 
you are. Left to right, I see that hand. Keep it up. How many more? Backslider, unsaved man, woman, boy or girl. You say, tonight, I want to get right with God. Anyone else? Quickly. Slip your hand up. Left to right, front to back. See, I, want, I, I need prayer tonight. I want, I want prayer. I want you to pray for me, Pastor. I need God to help me. Quickly, lift your hand up. Left to right, front to back. Don't let this moment pass you by. Teenager, God's dealing with your heart in this conference. Would you slip your hand up and hold it right there where you're sitting? Left to right, front to back. All right. I'm going to change this invitation for a moment. Did you feel the pulse of the Holy Spirit that I felt? as I was preaching about regions beyond. It's not just some kind of theology or some kind of methodology. We're talking about precious, precious souls. Oh, God, how our hearts did leap as we heard these wonderful reports of men from Holland, men from America, men from Malawi, Men standing, talking about the power of God, the glory of God to transform human beings. It's because they have obeyed and within them has rested and fluttered that wonderful conviction of the Holy Spirit of God, the regions beyond, which means precious, precious souls. We're going to stand. We're going to sing that chorus on bended knee I come. These altars are open. God's dealing with men tonight. God's dealing with pastors tonight. God's talking to you about regions beyond. Easy to do a little theology and kind of slough this off and say, yes, uh, uh, yeah, I believe that. Yes, I'm a part of fellowship. Yes, I, uh, that's me. But it's another thing to put feet to that uh, and let your heart link around it. I want you to fill these aisles. I want you to fill these altars uh, on bended knee I come. Will you surrender tonight uh, to Jesus Christ? On bended knee I Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, Premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. 
Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless. God bless.